0: Hello, and welcome to the Turbulent World of Middle East Soccer, or Middle east Soccer podcast. I am your host, James Dorsey. Amid Washington chatter about the future of U.S.-Saudi relations, the kingdom has launched an unprecedented public diplomacy campaign to marshal business and grassroots support beyond the beltway to counter anti-Saudi sentiment in the Biden administration, and the U.S. Congress. To do so, the Saudi embassy in Washington has hired a lobbying and public relations firm headquartered in the American heartland rather than the capital. Iowa-based Larson Shanahan Slifka Group, or LS2 Group, was contracted for $126,500 a month to reach out to local media, business and women's groups, and World Affair Councils in far-flung states. We are real people who tackle real issues, LS2 Group says on its website. Embassy spokesman Fahad Nazar told USA Today in an email that we recognize that Americans outside Washington are interested in developments in Saudi Arabia, and many, including the business community, academic institutions, and various civil society groups are keen on maintaining long-standing relations with the kingdom or cultivating new ones. Prince Abdulrahman bin Musaid al-Saud, a grandson of the kingdom's founder, King Abdulaziz, a businessman and former head of one of Saudi Arabia's foremost soccer clubs, framed U.S. interests, particularly regarding human rights, in far blunter terms. Saudi Arabia carries significant economic weight, and it influences the region. The world cannot do without Saudi moderation. Because of its economy, its moderation, and its cooperation in the war on terror, the truth is that you need us more than we need you, Prince Abdullah Rahman said. To boost the Saudi public diplomacy effort, the King Faisal Center for Research in Islamic Studies in Riyadh this month armed LS2 group with a 32-page report entitled The U.S.-Saudi Economic Relationship More Than Arms and Oil that highlights the kingdom's investments in the U.S., commercial dealings, gifts to universities, and purchase of U.S. treasury securities. The report noted, that 24 billion dollars in U.S. exports to Saudi Arabia in 2019, 3.1 billion of which were arms sales, supported 165,000 jobs in the United States. U.S. companies were working on Saudi projects worth 700 billion dollars. The report said the kingdom held 134.4 billion dollars in U.S. treasury securities and $12.8 billion in U.S. stocks at the end of 2020, while U.S. investment in Saudi Arabia in 2019 totaled $10.8 billion. The report touted future investment opportunities in sectors such as entertainment, where U.S. companies have a competitive advantage. In reaching out to the American heartland, Saudi Arabia hopes to garner empathy among segments of society that are less focused on foreign policy and or the intricacies of the Middle East than politicians in Washington and the chattering classes on both coasts of the United States. U.S. President Joe Biden criticized Saudi Arabia during his election campaign in stark terms, calling the kingdom a pariah. Mr. Biden, since coming to office, has halted the sale of offensive arms to Saudi Arabia that could be deployed in the six-year-old war in Yemen, released an intelligence report that pointed fingers at Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman for the 2018 murder of journalist Jamal Khashoggi, and said he would recalibrate relations with the Gulf state. The Saudi public diplomacy campaign comes as Mr. Biden is under pressure from liberals and left-wing Democrats to sanction Prince Mohammed for the Khashoggi killing, define what he means by offensive arms sales, and potentially maneuver to prevent the crown prince from becoming king. Prominent among the speakers LS2 group rolls out is Saudi Arabia's glamorous ambassador to the United States, Princess Rima bint Bandar, the kingdom's first ever woman foreign envoy a great-granddaughter of its founder, and the U.S.-raised daughter of Prince Bandar bin Sultan, who was ambassador in Washington for 22 years. Long active in the promotion of women's sport, Princess Rima hopes to convince her interlocutors that Saudi Arabia as a pivotal global player is an asset to the United States that has embarked on far-reaching economic and social liberalization, including the institutionalization of women's rights. It is a message that is designed to put the kingdom's best foot forward and distract from the kingdom's vulnerable human rights record, symbolized by the Khashoggi killing and the Yemen war. Houthi rebels this week cold-shouldered a Saudi proposal for a ceasefire that would partially lift the kingdom's blockade of the war-ravaged country. If successful, the public diplomacy strategy could lead to grassroots organizations in congressmen's districts leaning on their political representatives in Washington to adopt more lenient attitudes towards the kingdom. It would be a message that is aligned with positions adopted by the Israel lobby, various American Jewish organizations, and other pressure groups supportive of Saudi Arabia going by Philadelphia World Affairs Council President Lauren Swartz and Alaska World Affairs Council President and CEO Lisa Falsco, whose members are business leaders, students, educators, and other local residents interested in foreign affairs, the strategy is paying off. There was a huge message of change and progress. That is not much reported in the newspapers here, Princess Rima had all her data points about Saudi Arabia's impact, opportunity, and connections to Pennsylvania that include links to the state's energy industry, Mrs. Swartz said after the ambassador addressed her group on Zoom. Being an oil country and Alaska being an oil state, it's interesting to hear their perspective on gas and world markets and living in the neighborhood they do and her being a woman, Mrs. Falsco added. A 10-page glossy booklet produced by the LS2 group in advance of Princess Rima's appearances emphasized the kingdom's great progress in the area of women and sports. Replete with pictures of women athletes, some with headscarves, some without, the publication highlights their achievements as well as significant policy changes an incorporation of women in sports management, as part of Prince Mohammed's reforms, the public diplomacy strategy counts on Middle America being less tuned in into other aspects of the Crown Prince's rule. This would likely include this week's sentencing of Nasima Al Sada, a prominent Shiite women's rights activist, to five years in prison, two of which will be suspended according to an allegedly Guttery-backed London-based news outlet. The suspension means that Mrs. Sada, one of 12 women campaigners who were arrested in 2018, could be released at the end of June. The LS2 group arranged engagements outside of Washington contrast starkly with highbrow webinars hosted by Washington think tanks, in which a revolving number of former administration officials, scholars, and analysts debate what U.S. policy towards Saudi Arabia should be. They usually split down the middle on whether the United States can afford to be tough on Saudi Arabia and Prince Mohammed on issues such as human rights. Even so, if public opinion polls in recent years are anything to go by, Saudi public diplomacy faces significant challenges. Gallup concluded last year, that 65% of Americans viewed Saudi Arabia unfavorably, as opposed to 34% favorably, a trend that was also evident in surveys by Business Insider and YouGov. Recognizing the hurdles, Princess Rima appears to be following her instincts by focusing on a comprehensive partnership with business, culture, and education. With U.S. activists taking credit for mounting pressure that led to congressional censoring of U.S. support for the war in Yemen and Mr. Biden's suspension of arms sales, Princess Rima appears to hope that Middle America will be her secret weapon. In other words, Middle America may be the latest battlefield, but ultimately Washington politics will determine the kingdom's image in the West and the future of Saudi-U.S. relations. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. A written version of this podcast is on my blog, The Turbulent World of Middle East Soccer, at mideastsoccer.blogspot.com. Please join me for my next podcast in the coming days. Best wishes, and take care in these trying times.